Hi, everybody. I'm Brian Norcross, along with WPLG Local 10 Chief Meteorologist Betty Davis. And we're here at about 6.30 p.m. on Thursday afternoon talking about Hurricane Dorian. So, Betty, today uh, we saw that European model come in this afternoon, and and it really threw threw us for a little bit of a loop. It, it did. I was hoping for and figured, you know, maybe more to the north we'll see this go, uh, going along with what some of the other models are showing. And that didn't necessarily happen. I'm talking northward in relation to South Florida because right. obviously I was hoping maybe our area would get taken out of the forecast cone. Didn't happen, though. No, it didn't happen at all. As a matter of fact, the the European did two really important things. One is it, it came south dramatically. But the other is that it slowed down tremendously. And so it really indicated the possibility of the high pressure system that's blocking the Dorian from, from going to the north and going out to sea being having a different configuration than uh, it had been forecast for the last few days. Indeed. And of course, the other part of that is the potential for the steering current to really weaken and ultimately slowing it down, setting us up for what could be a long weekend. Yes, we remember last year, Hurricane Florence, a similar thing happened. So two things happened with Florence that we want to keep in mind. One is that Florence was kind of barreling along, forecast to be a very strong Category 3 or Category 4 hurricane at the coast of, of North Carolina, South Carolina near Wilmington, around that area, and suddenly, kind of out of nowhere, uh, unfavorable upper winds, pushed in dry air, weakened it, ended up coming ashore as a Category 1. So that would be a wonderful thing if that happened with Dorian, no guarantee, but that did happen with, with Florence in a situation where all the models said it was going to be strong. The other thing to remember is that those poor people went through this extended situation with uh, the rain, the rain and the rain piling up and then the flooding and the and just the torturous, you know, duration of the event. And uh, unfortunately, the current the current model output, all all of them indicate a slow moving storm in the vicinity of Florida. We just don't quite know still how it is going to move in. Uh, will it limp ashore and actually move in? Will, right. will it skim the coastline? Is it going to flirt with the coastline? Will it be farther north of South Florida? We just don't know it. It's frustrating. And um, my thought today is maybe in the next model run, maybe not looking for the Euro <laughs> to lift north, <laughs> but maybe for some of the other more reliable track models to maybe come down a bit and start to agree more with the euro. Yeah, I think that what we have is a situation here where, you know, when you make a list of of issues with hurricanes that make them easier or hard harder to forecast, make the forecasts either more reliable or less reliable. We talked when the when Dorian was in the Caribbean was a tropical storm about this whole list of things, when it's disorganized, when it's running into mountains, when uh, it's uh, small, the the fluctuations can be so much more dramatic and the forecasting can be uh, much more erratic. And indeed, Dorian drove outside the cone constantly when it was uh, in the Caribbean. Well, another one to add to that list is slow moving. When storms are slow moving, by definition, the 
the features in the atmosphere that are driving them are subtle. And so a slight change in that subtleness can make a very dramatic difference in the direction of movement of a slow-moving hurricane. So it's, it's sort of like a, uh, you know, if a hurricane and you throw it into a fast-moving river, it goes down the river and you kind of know where it's going. Or if you throw a, a block of wood into a fast-moving river. But if you throw a block of wood into a barely-moving lake or an, uh, that is moving kind of chaotically, then you don't really know where it's going. Mm -hmm. And so it's a similar situation uh, to that. How do you think, um, uh, what's your sense of how people in South Florida are reacting? Uh, I think people are really kicking it into high gear as of today. I, I could see the changes as I was out myself kicking it into high mm -hmm. gear and making sure my supplies are, are shored up. And the one thing I was looking for in people's faces was, was that Irma panic. I remember during Irma, just this this look on everybody's face that you saw at the gas station, at the grocery store. I didn't quite see that level, but I, I can tell people people are really starting to look at this and say, hey, w wait a minute, you know? Yeah, I think that the difference with Irma was, remember, Irma was that Category 5 out there that we were looking at this True. super Category 5 for days, True. right? And it was aimed in this general direction. Where here, in the equivalent, we were looking at a tropical storm in the Caribbean, True. you know, that, that might run into mountains, <laughs> right? You know, so you have to, to get to that kind of level of Irma stress. Yeah. I think you have to look at it longer. Now, if this thing really does torture us with slowly, 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 you know, and and it is super strong on the other side of the Bahamas, and it seems like it's going to stay super strong. I think we'll we'll get to that. It it just that this is a, a you know a younger process. And I think the the message that you have been sending, Brian, Brian, telling people you need to prepare for a major hurricane that that's important because even today people are asking me like, is this really going to grow any, into anything? Even though consistently the intensity forecast mm -hmm. has been showing this is going to be be a strong one. It's forecast to be that at least. So really driving home that message that, that you want to prepare and not just look at it now and say, eh, I don't know. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of really bad things happen with a slow moving storm. Uh, we, we've, we've talked about them, the potential for flooding, storm surge problems with slow moving storms are just aggravated because you get you get more than one high tide cycle. When the storm just comes in, either it comes in at high tide or low tide, and you deal with whatever that is. So whatever that causes, which can be terrible, but uh, whatever that causes, that's it, and the storm is, has moved in. If you have a slow-moving storm, you can have multiple high tide cycles. So it's not, it's not like, okay, let's hope it comes in at low tide, uh, because you're going to get the high tide because it's, it is pushing that water toward the coast. So... Those things are are bad, really bad about slow-moving right. hurricanes. The problems are compounded. Right. The, the, the thing that's good about slow-moving hurricanes is we have more time to get ready as long as it's slow-moving off, off of our coast, and that seems to be the case here. So here we are Thursday evening. Uh, the, uh, we have all day Friday, all day Saturday and Saturday night on the current schedule for putting up shutters for arranging whatever we need to arrange. Uh, now, I think if, if this thing really keeps coming by Saturday, it's going to get 
you know, ever so much more difficult in stores and, and whatnot. But we have that time. It's, it's not like uh, we're, we're up against it here. And for people that, that really, you know, are pretty much set at home and it's not going to take them a long time to get their, their shutters up or whatever, they have time. I mean, they can they right. can go about their business, right? And let's see how it develops tomorrow. And then if it continues the way it is, Saturday will be the day. For people that have to evacuate, that, that would have to be done on Saturday probably, mm-hmm. if not uh, sooner, if suddenly it looked like the storm was coming toward us, then they really should think about getting those shutters up soon so that they have the ability to evacuate. Right. right. And and be careful of where you think you're going to evacuate, too. Mm-hmm. That's That's an issue we talked about earlier today because – you know, the entire peninsula, essentially, and maybe even some other areas of the southeast could be dealing with Dorian. Yeah. So traditionally here in South Florida, people drove to Orlando. I mean, mm-hmm. for years and years, that's where you went. You went to Orlando, right? Now, well, now there's so many more people that, that the hotels fill up in Orlando and people go to Tampa and people go other places. Well, the odds of this hurricane, if it were to come to South Florida, also going to Orlando are pretty high. So we could run into one of those Irma things where people thought it was coming here and they went to the other side of the state and Irma went to the other side of the state and they ran back here and it was a mess. Uh, this could be a bigger version of that. And uh, the the bottom line on thinking about places is in South Florida, we have the strongest buildings in the state. So to, to leave the strongest buildings in the state, to go to Orlando where the buildings are much weaker – it doesn't really make good sense. Uh, so so there will be a lot of thinking about things, like, and we'll talk about these things, about where to park your car oh. and, and all these issues. And my uh, longtime friend and appliance repairman <laughs> said, please remind people if they evacuate, and we should really do this, you know, through, not because people aren't evacuating yet, right. but if you're going to evacuate, if you're going to leave your home, is take the food out of the refrigerator, turn off the refrigerator, and open the doors. Because he had many customers after Irma that evacuated, went home. Of course, they lost power. Their house lost power. So the refrigerator got warm. The food spoiled. They had mold. They had, And they had to throw the refrigerators away. Oh. And they ended up with contamination. They ended up with all kinds of things because they had to be gone for a week with no power mm-hmm. and a hot refrigerator and food in there. So the the message is, if you're going to evacuate, turn off the refrigerator, take out the food that might spoil, and open the doors, and, and then you'll have a refrigerator when you come back. If you don't do that, uh, you may not. So that's that's my tip for <laughs> you know passing it on from John Barrios, who uh, who has been helping me out with my appliances for for uh, decades. That's a good one. That's yeah. also one I, I haven't thought of. And the, the other one is really a, a simple one. Mm-hmm. People panicking over, oh, I can't find bottled water. Bottled mm-hmm. water. Hey, fill up those containers. <laughs> right. That oh. empty juice jug. Uh-huh. Fill it up. Um, yeah. Uh, turn on the tap. Right. Yeah. You got plenty of water right now. As a matter of fact, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know if they still exist and you could get them now, but I have collapsible water jugs. So mm. that that uh, you know you can fill them up. They, they they sit on the shelf, and then you fill them up, and they and I don't know they're five or ten gallons, right? But it doesn't 
it doesn't uh, sit around and take up space and so forth. So, okay, so we're going to uh, wrap it up for now. We'll be on, if you're in South Florida, on Local 10 uh, WPLG at 10 p.m. tonight. So special expanded version of Local 10 News begins at 10 p.m. Uh, Betty and I will be there. We'll have the latest information. Of course, at 11 o'clock, we'll have a new advisory from the National Hurricane Center. So until then, for Chief Meteorologist Betty Davis, I'm Brian Norcross. Have a good evening, and we'll see you on Local 10 uh, later on, and we'll see you back with another podcast tomorrow.